It's Monday the 19th of April 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. Uh, I'm joined this week by the Ruv broadcast journalist Hatla Olafsdottir. Welcome to you. Thank you. Um, plenty going on this week. Unfortunately, COVID is right at the top of the uh, agenda again. There's been a, a wave of new infections over the weekend um, and no indication at this point that the rules are going to be tightened again, but that's very much possible, it seems. Uh, in other news, there is the plan from the city of Reykjavik, which was passed by the council last week, to lower speed limits throughout the town in the name of air quality and road safety. Uh, the airline play, which you may or may not remember from a couple of years ago, um, seems to be very much alive and is planning to start flying this June. Uh, a company in Kverkevi is calling for more waste plastic, which isn't something you always hear about, um, because they are a green recycling company, ostensibly one of the greenest in the world, and they want Iceland to stop exporting plastic and to keep more of it here for recycling. The eruption in Meradalir and Geldigadalir has been going on for a month now, starting on Friday the 19th of March and showing no signs of stopping. Uh, it's believed that the two forms, the two flows of lava could emerge as early as today. The monitoring of Wow Air's finances in the lead up to its bankruptcy was insufficient and there was a dispute between the Ministry of Transport and the Transportation Authority, a leaked report has said. Ray Haraldsdottir, the disability campaigner and former member of parliament, has won her battle, finally, after seven years, to become a foster parent. Um, and in other news, the new travel gift has been announced. Last year, you may remember, everybody got 5,000 kroner to spend on leisure, basically, and the government plans to do that again this year. Plenty there. Uh, where would you like to begin? Ooh, yeah, where should we be begin? Um, I thought maybe we could combine volcano and uh, airplanes because uh, it's a bit of a curiosity that I was looking, I was waiting for my flight to go to Reykjavik yesterday and I was looking at the flight radar app to see if the, if the plane would uh, arrive in time, mm. which it did not, couldn't land because of bad visibility and for everyone interested in flights in Iceland, you should definitely Google the, the flight into Isafjörður where I live because it's it's quite popular on, on these, you know, simulators that the flight and, and they're very old fashioned here with the airport that they can't land in bad visibility and, and so on. And even though the first day of summer is this week, uh, we have quite a lot of snow coming in both yesterday and today. So I wasn't um, able to fly. But I noticed on the flight uh, radar app that there seemed to be so many airplanes flying over the volcano, like not Icelandic airplanes, but like these big airplanes. And I, I wondered if they, if like these big airlines now are, are changing, you know, their favorite route and actually doing a sightseeing flight over the volcano. I wondered. It, it's quite interesting to to find out actually. So I saw a plane coming from Istanbul was like flying directly over the volcano. Another one was from somewhere else in Europe. So um, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but airlines, always interesting. And it, it's a never ending story here in Iceland. 
It is, and two two different stories there this week. Um, first of all, the the Wowair thing. Um, there seems to be some red faces and some pretty angry voices going on there. Yeah. What happened there? Well, um, I think like it, it can't be a surprise to anyone. I think it was quite obvious that like they were going very um, full steam onward with buying airplanes, spending a lot of money. And like it was a little bit like with the banks. Everyone was like wondering, where does this come from? Like, how can this be possible? And then everyone was like surprised. I say, but they weren't and can't have been surprised. So um, so what, yeah, this report on WOW didn't surprise me that much that they were kind of like, I, I felt like people were maybe some people being a bit codependent about the whole thing. Um, because it was always like presented with such a positive way that this is going to be fine, this is great. And it really like echoed the bank um, discussion at the time. It was like, this is great. We're just so like doulur, like we say in Iceland, like so hardworking. And, but like there was no like real money behind it. Um, so somehow I felt like people just closing their eyes towards it um yeah and it was a lot of like play you know play speaking of play <laughs> um yeah so it, it didn't surprise me at all but I do think that there is like a reasonable uh ground to actually have another uh airline here um it has been it has been tried before with Iceland Express and it really did affect the, the market and it, it did work out. But then somehow it always becomes too big. And what I believe like took Iceland Express down at the time uh, was when they decided like both they wanted to like expand so much and go to um, up, uh, to America and like, you know, do the big steps very fast. And then they also like decided to do their own ground service uh, which was like didn't make any sense. It needs like years to to uh, prepare, but they want to do it all right right away. And then um, it happens again with Wow. It's like they they want to do it so fast and so big. But um, I think like if it would have if it would have been like done with time and and patience, um, it would have made sense. And it is like it is a link between um, Europe and and. America and it makes sense to be some kind of a, a glue and and this quite practical. So um, I understand why why play want to like give it another shot uh, because there were so obvious faults with uh, the ones before. Um, uh, just jumping in there. Um, yeah. The company is kind of their job to want to expand quickly and to do whatever they want to do with their own money. That's fine. It's the transport authority's role to make sure that it's sustainable and to, that, um, that really important transport links to the country are maintained. And that didn't happen in this case. And what's yeah. really interesting is that the transportation ministry was not in that boat. They were the ones that were saying, hang on, this is yeah. here. And the people yeah. that were supposed to be doing the monitoring were not messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just kind of shows that, like, how actually like free ride like how they can just like ride for free somehow and keep on going and it takes so much for these authorities to step in mm. even though they obviously had all the red flags there 
and they just didn't step in. And somehow I just feel like this was chatted about in the, in the and, you know, you get the feeling that this was just like, oh, isn't it going to be fine? Yes, it's going to be fine. Okay, I have another coffee. You know, it was like, you feel like it, it wasn't treated in a serious matter. Um, and this is what the report kind of shows. It's like there were so many red flags um, and they didn't like do their job. They seemed to have been so codependent and like believed um, the, the, yeah, the big minds. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's very Icelandic way, isn't it? No comment. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And the report from the National Audit Office into what happened and why is in itself unprecedented that, that, that they asked for such a report to be made. And then it got leaked straight away, yeah. which um, has thrown ruffled a lot of feathers as well. So it's, it's interesting, um, but we are rattling on with time. Maybe we should talk about something else, possibly the, you know, the thing that begins with C, um, yeah. coronavirus. Yes. 40 odd cases now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite depressing. The only good thing about it is that now we don't have uh, as many people exposed to it, you know, like our, our vulnerable people and old people, that they actually have been vaccinated, a lot of them. So that is like, it, it keeps you a little bit like at more ease than before, even though it's it's so depressing to see this news every time this happens. You're like, no, not again. In previous um, cases, it's been like they've they've relaxed the restrictions and then something's happened and then they've had to bring the restrictions down again. Yeah. This time, the all of the things that we're seeing now this weekend, they're all infections that happened before the restrictions were relaxed last week. Yeah. So I was surprised that they did. Uh, I, I think most people were quite surprised that they did relax on the uh, on the restrictions. Um Especially because, like in the days before, that always had been like you know one or two or three uh, cases that were not in isolation or quarantine. Mm. So, um, so it surprised me, like to begin with, that they did, um, yeah, kind of loosen up the restrictions. Uh, and I think most people were surprised that they they kind of expected it to be um, just like that they would remain. And it would have made perfect sense to me. So I think now it's just like, well, there's probably a meeting going on now uh, saying that they're, they're pr probably putting on more restrictions. Well, the, but, the, the press me, the press briefing, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just, just listening to that now before we started recording this. They aren't. Uh, okay. Obviously, they're maintaining, they're, they're looking very closely, but they're saying because these are infections that happened before last Thursday, yeah, it's not directly related to it, and hopefully, maybe they mm -hmm. won't. Do, but they're monitoring. But no, they haven't announced any new restrictions. Yeah, but you can also see that, um, like, even though we have these high numbers now, it's much younger people now. It's more in schools and kindergartens and and play schools. So uh, and people don't seem to get as sick. So I am hoping that at least like there are less people in hospital than there were before when we had these numbers, um, you know, a few months back before we had any people vaccinated. So maybe that's also why they're not, like, it's not as restricted as before. Maybe they're changing a little bit, like how they're 
reacting to these numbers. I don't know, but it is, yeah, even though you're kind of tired of it and it would be a bummer to get COVID now after all this time. Um, but thankfully, um, yeah, most of the, the kind of elderly people around me, people with underlying um, diseases, they have been vaccinated. So um, that's a good thing. But then we're seeing in other places, like in the USA, for example, yeah, now at least one dose for for half of the entire adult population, and yet cases are rising because relaxation. Not always, um, not always uh, easy to predict, is it? No, and then of course, um, yeah, you you don't know before, like how many people will like refuse to get vaccinated or how many people will be hard to reach. So um, I, I think that, that that might become a problem in quite many countries, like mm. how they're going to reach all the people that need to get vaccinated. Yeah, uh, Iceland has been consistently at the top of the list of, of countries where people seem the most willing to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, hopefully that remains the case. Yeah. Have you got any indication of why that might be? Just a trust in science, maybe. I think so. But I also, <clears throat> I just always think that it was such a, a, a wise decision to begin with that we didn't put our politicians in the front line. I think that like having um, like those three individuals in the front line and like the scientists, like the, the, the professionals, I think that was a key thing to gain trust. Uh, to begin with, I think like involving or like in most other countries, like the front people are politicians. So um, I think this is a key uh, factor, like or my my gut feeling says that. And 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 I think yeah, I think it might be right at least in some some ways. Well, I mean, f look at Thorolfur for example. Everyone hates what he's saying, but people still really like him. Yeah, he comes across as very open very knowledgeable, doesn't get, <clears throat> doesn't get frustrated with the endless no. questions. And he's always like, he always uses the scientific background. So like when, for example, he changed, um, they changed the kind of rules and, and, and said like, okay, we want you to wear face masks. And then he got asked like, why, why haven't you like said this before? And he just says, well, we didn't have the scientific uh, material to be able to say this and say like with confidence that this, this would make sense like why should we say it when we didn't have the the articles when we didn't have it like kind of uh, approved so um and then everyone is just like yeah okay makes sense <laughs> because and that's what, how we kind of yeah it's worked both ways around as well because um the the government's approval rating has stayed remarkably high yeah. Throughout this incredibly difficult time, which you might suspect it wouldn't have done if the politicians were leading these daily briefings and, and, and coming up with these suggestions. Yeah, I think that's quite right as well. Yeah. <clears throat> OK, um, let's move on to a different topic. Um, yeah. I know you are in ease of but mm -hmm. uh, there's been a lot of talk this week about the speed limits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very passionate topic for a lot of people. Seems to be. I was making fun of it. I was a few weeks back in, in, in Reykjavik and I, I was 
I, I've become such a bad driver. I, we don't even have traffic lights here. So where, <laughs> where should I, where should I practice? <laughs> uh, they used to have like one traffic light in Bolungovic and they would take like all the, the students that were learning how to drive cars to the, those traffic lights and just like make them stop and like with no traffic. Um, but like with all this discussion with the, with the speed limits, like I wondered like, they were saying it. this would cost so much and, and they would have to reschedule the buses and stuff like that. But I wonder, like, how big of an effect will this have in the end? Like, because this does not, like, um, this is only, like, the, the they say, like, okay, we're going to lower the speed in Reykjavik. But it's definitely not Reykjavik. Like, it's... It's like the the small streets in between, like all the main streets will have their like their speed limits that are like 60, 70, 80 even. So like they're not going to change those. So uh, and in the end, like when you're driving those small streets, like are you driving like 50? Aren't you sometimes just driving 40? Like, is it going to make that much of a difference? I wondered about this. Like, why why this fuss? Because I I think in the end, it's not making that much of a difference if you're driving 40 or 50 uh, in these, like, these small streets. But I'm an outsider now. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing you've got to consider is how many people are sticking to the speed limits anyway, to be yeah. perfectly frank. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah spot on like I think yeah definitely um and I think that the biggest effect on traffic there is is like a lot of like whether there's a lot of it or not like how fast you're actually going mm. um and and we do have a lot of cars in in the Reykjavik area yeah the what's the word I should use the backlash against the proposal is basically from people that view it as some sort of sinister attempt to eradicate cars mm-hmm. um, I don't whether or not that is even sinister uh, <laughs> whether it's even a secret I think that the city does have uh, sort of a policy to reduce traffic yeah so maybe it is part of that but um, yeah there's there's a certain element of society that's saying well they should just be open about this and say it instead of just saying, oh, it's for safety and air quality. And the yeah. air quality thing is interesting as well because it's down to studded tyres. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's like I think like this by itself is not going to change that much. There needs to be like m- like more uh, things that have to be taken into consideration if they want to really like... Um, work on the the air quality and safety and all that yeah yeah some of the first responses we got from breaking the story on brew english was well maybe they should sweep the streets better and more regularly (laughs) yeah i think it's 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 like so many aspects that need to be taken into consideration like this is not going to be like a key thing in this no absolutely um and also, it's only Reykjavik as well. As you said, uh, Vega Gerin runs the bigger routes and it's not affecting those. No, and those are the, the routes that people are thinking about, like speed, that they want to like, that really affects their like traveling time between like the outskirts of Reykjavik and, and the city center, for example. Yeah. And it doesn't affect, happen to those 
Copavogos. It's held in any of the others. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, uh, one and a half billion kroner is quite a lot of money. Um, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't see, like, I found it quite hard to understand that number. Um, so I, I would have wanted to kind of get more of an idea of like how, how that they came up with that number. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can buy a lot of speed limit signs for that money. That's what I thought. It's like, <laughs> okay, they have to change a little bit. Maybe they have to change the road with the buses, but like, I'm not sure. Like, it, it also just depends on how long you stop at the bus stops. Like, because the speed between like 40 and 50, it's just a matter of seconds, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, I, I, I would have wanted like more explanation about like where that number comes from and what, how many speed signs are they buying for that price? And how how much is a one street sign? I know that they are quite expensive, but that's quite a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So this Thursday is a public holiday in Iceland. It's the yeah. first day of summer. My uh, favorite um, public holiday. Me too, actually. Yeah. It's such a great day. Yeah. Um, but explain maybe to any listeners that are wondering why there's snow outside today and we're yeah. about summer how is that possible <clears throat> i wish i could uh, explain that but that's so typical that like we have such a crazy weather uh, all the time we had spring in february and we had spring in march but now we seem to have gotten the win- winter uh, mostly in april so just this morning it's been pouring snow here in isafjord and in reykjavik it's been snowing as well wasn't wasn't there ice on the cars this morning you had to scrape people had to scrape the the winters of the cars stuff like that and it's hardly been snowing at all in Reykjavik this winter no that's right we've had the most I I think probably the most was at the very beginning of this month uh, that we had all winter yeah yeah and I was I I did a piece about um the the, they're doing a new road over one of our mountains here in the Westworlds like it's been the same for like 60 years or something but now they're gonna do a, a modern um, wrote over that mountain and they they didn't expect to be able to actually work on this uh, during winter because it reached up to 400 meters altitude so they they kind of just like started and thought okay we will, we might have to kind of uh, take a break at some point but they they haven't been forced to do so because it hasn't been that like heavy with snow and and, and bad weather so this has been a very mild mild winter uh, but it's very typical that like when everyone's getting excited for the first day of summer, this first Thursday, then the snow shows up. Yeah. And usually around Easter as well. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does seem to be about accurate, though. I mean, the old Icelandic, the old Norse calendar only had two seasons, didn't it? Summer and winter. Yeah. And it does seem to be about this time when the first day of summer happens and then suddenly it sort of clicks and very quickly it's everything yeah. yeah and it really happens fast like I, I could see that like now we didn't have snow like yesterday and then i could see that the tiny bits of the rhubarb in my garden ha- had actually started coming up so th- that's a that's a sign of spring for me when i see the rhubarb st- like growing in the in the in the in the garden here so yeah it, it's there around the corner 
and I'm sure it's going to be fine just next week maybe yeah I'm not I'm not I'm quite optimistic it's going to be fine it's going to be a great summer I'm sure of it I can feel it already and a great opportunity to spend those travel <laughs> gifts from the government yeah, um, yeah did you spend your last one no not yet. <laughs> they run out in May end of May yeah. so there's still time did you spend it uh, yes, I did. I, I spent it on on uh, a flight to Reykjavik, so I could use it for Air Iceland. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure I'll find some purpose for the for the other one as well. Yeah, uh, it seems like a pretty popular idea to repeat that this year. Um, yeah, I was surprised. Like I, I wondered like if if people would use it or not, but they seem to be quite happy with the results, so they're doing it again. Yeah. And, and I, it's a bit helpful because it was it was as much as anything it was about helping leisure and tourism companies to survive. Yeah. And it seems to have helped them. Yeah, it encouraged people to to go and use it and and yeah, I think most people around me used it at some point and it was nice like we we could use it in town as well just like to go for dinner or stuff like that so people did use that use it in in many places. Yeah. One of the least inspiring things I heard was a, a couple of the petrol companies, the oil companies, were yes. just, yeah. just filling up their cars. Yeah, people did that. Kind of depressing, that one. Like, but... Yeah, sure, I'm going to go somewhere <laughs> to work. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, I mean, at least go for a nice meal or something. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably going to be released or not released, but the details of it probably this week of how much it will be, because it might be yeah. more than last year. Um, yeah, maybe. they haven't said, no. Mm. Yeah. Well, on we that note, maybe um, maybe we should call it a day. I think we're out of time. Really? Yeah, it I'm, runs I'm so flies. Quick. Yeah. Um, luckily, things though, that I want to talk about. Well, I'll, I'll get you back on soon. Yeah. Uh, if we can add something, then uh, I I was quite shocked by how people dare to speak about uh, Freya Haraldsdóttir um, in public. It's been uh, it's been very uh, sad to watch this. She's such a important role model in our society, and she has done so important work uh, for um, not only people with disabilities but for everyone to kind of like push people to kind of think uh, in a more proper way about what rights people should have. Um, and she has done like great job like in so many ways and for our discussion in general. And somehow um, I think nowadays like this is the worst thing about social media is it that it creates a platform for people that are just cruel and like mean and should never have the platform to to um, address people in this way like it's been for the last week and it's been like heartbreaking to see it um, and as she says herself it's not only towards her it's just towards people with disability in general it's like and yeah so it's it's kind of you really feel ashamed of being human when when you see people behave and talk in that way um, I just want to to point that out. That thank you. Yeah. True. I mean, and and also some of the criticism that she's faced over this shows a fundamental lack of understanding of what Absolutely. being a foster parent means. Not only a, a disabled foster parent, but a foster parent in in total. 
Absolutely. people saying, well, how is she going to look after a small child? Well, for a start, it probably won't be a small child. There's all sorts of people that need help and support. And what she's been talking about very rightly is trying to support and help a young person that's had a difficult background and that she can connect with on a different level. And I think that's so yeah. valid. And also, like, there are professionals working in this, and she is the person that knows the best her, about her capacities. She doesn't need anyone to, to tell her, like, what she can or what she can't do. She is the professional in herself. She knows it. And um, so, and that, like, yeah, and it's there's so much lack of understanding that people, like, the, the foster care, like, society, that, of course, they're all professionals, like they're doing this with and they're approaching this in that way. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so as you say, it's really revealing a, a lot of like lack of understanding of how the system works in general. Yeah. Indeed. Well, there yes. we go. Um, the Week in Iceland will be back uh, to ruv.is forward slash English, Ruv English on Facebook through the Ruv app and your favourite podcast platform next Monday, the 26th of April. In the meantime, it's thanks to my guests, Hatla Aurastotir and also to Lydia Gretesdottir for running the technical side of things. Uh, we finished today with a song by Retro Stefson from a few years ago. Um, it's called Solaris and I'm playing it for no other reason than I heard it at the weekend and thought, oh, that's really good. And <laughs> I'm going to share it. So there we go. Um, that's it. Bye for now. <laughs>